What's going on, bro? What's happening, man? Happy Friday. Yeah, happy Friday to you too, bro. This is kind of a uh, impromptu show, guys. Uh, we had a guest push out to next week just with the holidays. And I was talking to Alex. I was like, let's just do a fun, casual Friday show and talk about whatever you guys want to talk about, whatever's on our uh, on our mind you know, after holiday uh, holiday week. It's kind of late, so probably not a lot of people will be on, but it makes it yeah, even better. I would love to, to get on here earlier, but my last truck just got dispatched maybe 10 minutes ago. So What, you got out of PA alive? Yeah, yeah, we ended up uh, hauling something to upstate New York, and uh, we got to find the one more tomorrow. So, what four dollars a mile? Yeah, yeah, six, I think. But like, six. actually, like it might have been. <laughs> it's pretty close. Yeah, it's pretty close. You work Saturdays too? There, do they do they pay you salary, or are you uh you on hourly at Luda? I mean, basically, no, I'm definitely not hourly. It's salaried, but um. I mean, as the manager, bro, in logistics, like, like I tell my girlfriend all the time, like I work when I have to. Like, it's just one of those Saturday, Sunday, nighttime, like, you know. I feel like every time I talk to your girlfriend's mad at you. <laughs> like we, call I mean, she's she's watching in the other room, so I should probably tread carefully uh, with, without her play. Oh man, dude. Speak. Speaking of just kind of you know work and uh you know just stuff in general i got on freight twitter this week that stuff is wild man yeah, wild. I've been it. Like, i'm just so like hesitant like I, I don't know like linkedin's enough for me there's just so much like red i was on freight reddit last night like i don't know how's twitter going i mean it's cool it's just memes all over the place you'd love it since you're, <laughs> you know, you're made way more funny than i am you post what was that thing you posted today with the florida and the, the yeah. map thing Yo, this this took way too much time. Like this this was like a little <laughs> bit too much effort for a meme, but I mean it's just true, man. Like that's been the joke between me and one of my my other dispatcher friends, where like it doesn't matter where your truck is, it feels like you're in Florida all the time. Like like Atlanta a couple of days ago, Atlanta was was terrible. Just so. still paying like a dollar a mile out of uh out of Florida. I mean, spend yeah, I mean. Like Florida's, I think, like hard stuck. Like that's just you're just in Florida. Like that's it. Like, I mean, I don't think Florida is ever gonna change or ever has changed from my experience. I mean, when I whenever I'm in Florida, if I can't deadhead out, I'll just find the lightest possible load to, to get out of there. So the rates are all the same, anyways. Someone just said, "Be careful with memes. People go to jail for them." I don't know. It says LinkedIn users. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> i like the emoji at the end though yeah well I, i'm safe there because i don't do memes i'm not i'm not funny so I, <laughs> alex might be in some more trouble there but i i don't uh i don't do uh memes this but guy freight... literally just said i'm not funny <laughs> oh freight twitter's wild though so like i was in the habit of just like following everyone back who you know followed me which isn't very many people um i look at it and it's like somebody's profile is like 18 plus uh like some link to like some looking like some like an only fans i was like what i have that many followers on uh on linkedin i've never had someone like that follow me so twitter yeah, I don't know I what watch, their algorithm is uh just random bots and you know i watch a lot of youtube shorts and i have a joke with another one of my dispatcher friends uh, about youtube shorts. it's like a rabbit hole once you start with youtube shorts you just end up in some crazy part of the internet watching crazy videos and um there's some like woman truck driver and i like i don't know i just like i subscribe to watch a lot of truck content 
And um, after like, I don't know, months of watching her, just she just drives around, talks on CB radios, like just some like standard trucking content. And uh, I ended up clicking by accident on her YouTube profile, and it brought me to like her bio where she had a link to her OnlyFans. I was like, "Damn, bro, <laughs> that's that's like a side hustle, man, to be a trucker and have OnlyFans." Like... You see, I guess you saw John. John posted a couple of weeks ago something about he met some guy at lunch who was talking to some young kid, and she was. Uh... <laughs> He was. Where is this gonna end up with OnlyFans at the end? He was telling he was telling John about this girl he's interested in or whatever, and John you know strikes up a conversation with anybody, and he was telling John, but yeah, she has a link tree, and John made this post on LinkedIn about link tree. Is like I think I came somewhere across it. Like if she has a link tree, she's not the one for you or something. Yeah, yeah, some post like that. Something like that. But I haven't seen the good news is I haven't seen any companies do any, uh, you know, kind of going a different direction. I haven't seen any companies do any mass layoffs this week. I feel like every Friday, um, <laughs> I've been seeing thousand layoffs, hundred layoffs, you know, this, this, and this. I don't think I saw I mean, a big, uh, big layoff. You're just not looking hard enough. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe I'm not. I've been busy, so I might not be looking as hard. But I mean, yeah, like to, to be fair throughout this entire week, I mean, I've been this has been a pretty busy week heading into the holiday. Carrier side, so I mean, I haven't been like super active on LinkedIn, but I haven't come across any like this company lays off this many people, except for I guess that uh, what is it, Maersk or something like that. I think they're doing some company? mass layoffs. You know the the shipping company, like uh, for they do the the cargo containers, Maersk, Maersk, with the cargo containers. I think they laid off like a bunch of people. To be honest, I don't know if that was this week or last week. Yeah, that was interesting. By the way, on Wednesday, I knew very little about uh, about Dreyage. I was, <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was watching a movie yesterday, the day before, and there was a shot in a port with like uh, the containers coming off the ships and going onto a chassis. I was like, hey, like I know about that now. Like, so. It's big. It's big business. I mean, it's. Uh, I was oh, just yeah. talking to a company today that might be. I might be hiring a, a dispatcher for their drainage service, but you know they're expanding operations. It's they've been in business for twenty some years, and they make a living just you know going to the ports every day. Um, you know, yeah. it's interesting stuff. I mean, that's stuff we're trying to get into, not the ports, but with the UIIA uh, railroad stuff. Um, we had an experience, I don't know, two weeks ago, where a broker had let one of my newer drivers onto their UIIA, and we went to go do some railroad stuff. But uh, he ended up calling. We were supposed to run five chassis or ten chassis, um, just round trip, 40 miles constantly out of the railroad. And um, they get to the pickup, and then he calls me and goes, hey, um, I can't find this chassis. I'm like, oh, okay, let me look at the satellite quick and just see, you know, see what's up. This was, like, not even kidding you, like, one of the biggest places I've ever seen. And I'm trying to find, like, there's row after row after row of chassis. And basically, the driver ended up finding it after, like, an hour or two. And he goes, I don't want to do this load anymore. Like, take me off this. So I was like, damn, bro. So speaking, of, uh, speaking of uh, new uh, dispatchers, didn't I saw some thread the other day. Someone suggested onions, hauling onions, and you were saying you had a new uh, new broker or new uh, dispatcher that was all excited about booking a high high paying load, and it turned out to be onions. Yeah, basically, like uh, like the comments, somebody replied, uh, maybe one or two people replied, like, you can haul onions on a flatbed. That wasn't the reason that the load was canceled. 
the reason the load was canceled is because the driver failed to ask or the, the dispatcher failed to ask his driver if he had ever hauled onions on a flatbed before. And the issue with onions is you have to untarp and retarp. I mean, I'm not even super familiar with it, but you have to untarp and retarp them at certain points throughout the trip or they end up going rotten like in the, the summertime. And so basically, like, it's just a high risk, like, situation. If the driver doesn't know what he's doing, you're going to end the up. What's the claim rate on that? Like, Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I mean, I don't know the numbers, but I can guarantee you that driver and that dispatcher, that would have been a claim. So, yeah. That was always yeah. fun. I moved a lot of seafood. Seafood was the number one thing I moved. And, you know, I, I had – there was a lot, of, a lot of close calls. Seafood – there's some drivers that – or some carriers that won't haul seafood. Like, they don't either they don't have the insurance for it. Or it's seafood. just too risky. Is that like it's own insurance on on reefer? Um, like I did some high cargo seafood, and that was really fun trying to find you know carriers with the. How high like was the cargo? Two fifty or half a mil? Over two fifty. Um, thankfully, my regular seafood wasn't that. But I mean, even some carriers that had it on their insurance, I mean, they would ask, you know, is this fresh or frozen? Because I mean, fresh. Are you miss a delivery appointment for fresh or your truck yeah, totally. breaks down? Like you better recover that quick. Yeah, but wait, how does fresh see like what is that? Like, is it in water? I had a real fish in once once and like uh 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 cold storage sent me the picture, like what the heck is this? So we shipped like a bunch of pallets and then we you know had this one fish in a bag, and I don't know what the heck they were doing. It was like it was totally bizarre. I also had uh, a company wanted to do a makeshift. What's it called again? I'm forgetting the name. A makeshift wall, basically separating fresh and frozen seafood, which I advised was a, not a good idea. Um, they were going into some major major retailers with this, and it, it worked out. But I was like, I don't want to be responsible for this. This turns out to be a, a claim, you know, because you're supposed to have like an actual bull hat bullhead might be i forget the name of it but they, they just did a makeshift wall like stacking boxes it was pretty interesting i'm just sorry man i'm listening to you but i want to find i know you've probably already seen it but maybe you haven't um i mean this was like popular i don't know this was years ago uh, that this picture came out i got it right here give me a second as soon as we were talking about shipping live fish this was like the only thing that i had in my head about it shark you ever see this picture I don't know. I haven't seen the picture to know if I've seen it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, man. I, I have to to put it in in here, and it's processing for some reason. Yeah, like our like our show, like our intro processing for. Yeah, there we go. You oh. ever see that? <laughs> no, I haven't. You didn't see that, bro? Like they haul like a live shark on a flatbed down the highway. Like... You know what would be like a real specialty to get into shipping is like shipping animals. You know, I always see. Uh, some people post, yeah, ship anything as long as it doesn't uh, breathe or eat. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> I saw a guy. I don't know if I'm wrong now. I, like, I hope he sees this or like I see him on LinkedIn again one day. He said he I think I think he said he ships animals like that's all he ships is animals. Like, And he told me it's a much more honest business shipping animals than, <laughs> really? than like drive ins and stuff. Well, it's probably so, a lot more, you know. It's such a small niche, you know, I mean, niche, yeah. yeah I mean, that's why having a niche, I think, is I mean, it's over talked about on LinkedIn. I talk about it a lot, but I, I really think it's it's easy because, you know, for example, say, um, you know, you like to ship flowers, I mean, you could do like 
30 minutes of research on flowers, you know, learn about the pain points of it, you know, what can go wrong with shipping flowers, you know, and you know, use that and then target a bunch of flower companies, then get really good at moving one company's freight, you know, learn more and then, you know, get referrals. Yeah, I mean, you just have less competition. I mean, even as a carrier, like um, recently, the past like, day or two, people have been tagging me. Now, I guess people are more aware that I run mainly power only. So I've been getting tagged in like a bunch of people trying to move power only uh, shipments. But like one was going to Canada, the other one needed a wet kit. Like it's like so, so like specific power only niche. Like you need to have a wet kit. You need to be able to go into Canada. You need to be able to go to Arizona, California. Another guy offered me today something to California. Like, I mean, first of all, winter is here. Like now basically winter's here. I'm not going west with my trucks because of first of all, because of winter. But even if I could go the Albuquerque South route, I'm still avoiding the West because, I mean, it's a big commitment. You're going to go out there for not, not the best price, and you're basically rolling the dice if you're going to recover out of there correctly. So, you spend some time on I-80 this time? <sighs> no, I mean, um, I can't really think of one time because, so, I mean, a lot of people take risks with, with their trucks and with their dispatching and stuff because um, there's money in doing those those kind of northwest uh, loads but i've always been principled to just take the albuquerque route like as soon as we hit november mid mid november my trucks don't go through colorado i have none of that like i just avoid all of that i get to learn some routes because i shipped a lot of washington to like the southeast and it was always 50 50 like there's a route you can take i-80 and there's a route you can cut across the dakotas and sometimes, honestly, it'd be better off going I-80 than the other route, like through I-90. It was just, when they have road closures, it was, it's always fun in the wintertime. Yeah. I mean, that's why in the winter, I don't know, like, you can make money, obviously, but I just was always kind of introduced to dispatching in the way where between zone zero and zone seven, you can make enough money to not really mess around with going out to Colorado and Utah and Washington. I mean, more power to the people that do that. I'm sure there's some, you know. When the market was good, guys were like offering like 10, 15 grand, like in the middle of a snowstorm. Like, hey, just please bring it out there. Pick it up. I don't care. I don't yeah, care how many freight cards literally. you have. I don't care how many years. Just pick it. Dude, I heard the the crazy stories, man. Guys offering like 15 grand to go from like Chicago to, to like Montana. But like nobody was taking it. It was going through Idaho. Like, um, there's just, I don't like those risks, man. You're risking, like the driver's risking his life doing that. And I mean, I don't think there's a dollar value in my opinion, for my trucks, that, that makes it worth it. So, oh, Here's the real question. Are these brokers reaching out to you on LinkedIn or tagging you in power-only posts? Are they paying good or they're like, oh, I know Alex from LinkedIn. I'm going to try to undersh undershoot him on the rate and see if he'll do it just to help me out. I mean, like, I've hauled some freight off of LinkedIn, but um, the people tagging me in a lot of these posts, like, they're just, I'm just not eligible for them. Like, I just don't have the equipment or the, the, the I don't run the lane. So, I mean, I'm not going to go and be like, hey, how much is it? If it's enough, maybe I'll figure it out because I just, like, I physically cannot haul those loads. But I appreciate all the shout outs. I, I hope they keep coming. And I hope I can, you know, keep, keep moving freight for people. So it's never a bad thing. No, move, moving freight is not a bad, not a bad thing. I, uh, I, do, I do think this time of year, you know, I made a post about this earlier, but I mean, I think it really shows you got to diversify your book of business because, I mean, a lot of a lot of freight that ships very heavy in the summer, you know, isn't shipping much right now. And then you know, a lot of freight. I know some people who like target Christmas tree companies, but they do it in the summer and spring. I think that's a brilliant idea because like right now everyone's thinking Christmas. So I'm going to call it. But 
I mean, a lot of these companies, they know who their carriers are. You know, they've already done their bids. Um, yeah. yeah I mean, I feel like any like shipper, like, I mean, I'm not a broker. I don't know this for a fact, but I would feel like any shipper doing massive volume, especially seasonal volume would like source that before it gets close to a deadline for it. Like, yeah. No, I think it like planning ahead with prospecting. You, know, you could do that as a carrier too, you know. Do you guys have any routes with shippers directly or you guys just work with brokers exclusively? Um, I, mean, I've that. I mean, it's kind of a tough question. I'm in that bind where a lot of the people we do business with don't want us kind of talking about it. Um, I mean, you would think people that, that are doing great business and have great relationships with us would want to kind of get their name out there. But um I guess my my like I've never asked them because you know the we're doing the business, so I don't want to like upset them. But um I never kind of I always think that basically they don't want us talking about it because they're scared maybe the rates that they're paying us, you know, because they know us are not gonna be the same that they're paying on the spot market. And I think it'll just open up like a can of worms that maybe Oh, I'm not asking who. I'm just saying, are you working with yeah. both? Yeah, yeah. We definitely have like I mean every carrier, in my opinion, should have like as much like direct shippers as obviously as they can find since we always get that whole linkedin like oh if you're a carrier just find your own freight i mean a lot of us do have our own freight. like your friend from from one or two episodes ago he ran mostly his own freight yeah so you know you know who would be cool to get on the show he he'd probably never do he doesn't really like podcasts but getting dan the dan the driver um i've thought about reaching out <laughs> to him i day. think he's like i mean i follow him I, like i love following drivers um, especially Dan. like he's a legend bro like that guy's like that guy bikes he, he makes me want to ride my bike i have a bike i try to ride it a lot but like i see this guy he's a bike in his reefer he's running freight with a bike in his reefer and biking like 30 miles a day while he's driving the truck like Bro, I work in an office and I don't bike 30 miles a day. Like, he, like, makes me want to, to go ride my bike, you know? Oh, he's in better shape than 95% of, uh, 95% of, like, and he unloads his own, too. he like, unloads his own trucks. Yeah, you know? yeah, he's yeah. always on the dock and stuff. Um, yeah. Man, which... That's, like, a topic I want to get into. It Like, it's directly related to me today. So, like, I had two trucks roughly in the same area. And I get like a load that has some driver assist on it. And like, I've run the load before and um, they have a, it's a job site delivery. They have How much extra there. did they give you for driver assist? Did they pull the, <sighs> here's 50 extra bucks. The driver just needs no, to do just no, no. a little bit I of mean, work. The, the, the driver assist on the lane. So basically this is like how the lane works. Um, it's from the Northeast and it goes down South somewhere. I, I can't, it always changes like Carolinas or Georgia. And then you live unload the freight and you get to keep the trailer for a couple of days to bring it back to PA. Now, if you do your job correctly, like you should be able to make more money going from the south back up to the northeast. So it's it's a good like I, we don't, we try to stay away from loadout stuff, but um, when I can get a good rate and keep the trailer and then bring it back to the northeast, I know I'm going to get paid decent drive and right back there. So I mean, it's not like they're not paying for the driver assist; they just roll it into a nice rate. Like it's a nice rate per mile to get out of the northeast with. And then you can keep the trailer to come back to the northeast. So it's a great load. But um, I tell the driver, I've done this before. You're just going to go in the trailer, maybe push a couple of bucks. Like, just pretend you're working because they have a job. Like, that's literally what the broker says to me. Like, just pretend, you know, like, just do like, you know, just pretend you're moving some boxes. The guys are going to do it for you. And my driver tells me, like, no, I don't want this load. So I'm like, okay, I call my second driver. I'm like, hey, do you want to pretend to move some boxes? Like, he's like, yeah, I don't care. Like. So he takes the load. 
now that's the thing like driver assist is kind of like a dirty word and um obviously we don't like it like i don't ever want to tell my driver hey can you unload stuff but um i've had are they, young all, drivers. Owner, are they all owner um operators where they can reject and accept free yeah, like yeah, yeah of course uh, man um i mean not all of them we have some company guys but um for the most part, it's a majority owner operators um, because what's enticing about power only um, is that, you know, you can find the guy that just owns a truck. He doesn't own a trailer and boom. Now he's his, he's, he's owner operator. He's picking his own loads. He's making his own home time. Um, so, I mean, it's, you know, it's an interesting proposition where if you only own the tractor, you can just head straight into it. So. Yeah. Oh, it's power only something I do. That's how so cool about logistics, you know? I mean, there's so much, you know, like we knew very little about drayage. I know very little about power only. Like, oh, man, man, there's people that like interest me so much on LinkedIn. Like there's one lady, I can't remember who it is now. She does like uh, Hawaii and Alaska. There's one driver that drives in Alaska. There's people like talking about shipping containers from, from overseas markets into this. Like there's so, I even saw a guy like a month or two ago. He does deliveries with like a little propeller airplane, like like one box, like emergency deliveries with an airplane. I was like, bro, that's like that's crazy. Like, yeah, Alaska, it's crazy. Like I had a customer that does shipments. It would come from Alaska first, the seafood, to Washington before oh, you know, I would send in the trucks. And they said so I could did... take the Alaska business, but it's like two people who run all that business, and like there's no cell phone reception from like Alaska to the tip there, and like. Drivers and trucks go missing. It's like or the like wild last mail, bro. <laughs> yeah, you can't just like broker it out and like you know find some carrier. It's like it doesn't really work that way. Bro, you're Alaska, telling me Alaska. Alaska point doesn't work in Alaska, bro. Come on. <laughs> how does it work? Like, how do they bring the seafood from there to here? Well, they have plants in Alaska. I mean, they fish it in Alaska, and then it's yeah. you know, brought by. It can be brought, you know, through drayage too. Uh, I mean, there's drayage. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, I figured like a boat might be like the. But best it's trucked. It's it's. I forget how long it takes exactly, but it's it's trucked from Alaska. I think a couple days from Alaska to Washington as well. So that you know, the, the most interesting. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I never look up there, but yeah, Alaska's not like so far from from Washington. And then from Washington, they, they what they just ship it out from there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I ran Washington to Minnesota. I mean, I ran to a lot of the Costco plants from Washington. So Washington to Morris, Illinois, Owatonna, Atlanta. Um, so you're the guy that puts the frozen fish in my supermarket. Like you were the guy doing that. I shipped a Costco brand of uh, of fish. Yes. Yeah, because like when I go to the store with my girlfriend, she goes, "Hey, like we could buy some frozen frozen uh, squid." And I always tell her, like, it's not fresh, like, because we have the seaside. We're close to the seaside. I tell her, let's just eat fish when we're, like, by the sea and don't buy frozen fish. But it's funny because you're, you're the reason that I got to the store. You ever heard of Wagyu? Yeah, I've been. So I love cooking and I love food. Like, I love food. Like, I cook a lot. I eat a lot. But uh, that's something. I, I mean, you see it everywhere, man. You, like, open the Internet and everybody's A5 Wagyu, A5 Wagyu. So I'm trying to try it. But I can't find the restaurant around me. I had a customer once that put Wagyu in one of my trucks, and which is like super expensive stuff. Yeah. And they didn't tell me about it. They just did it. And then they were, hey, we need to make another stop for this. And I'm like, 
what? Like that could have been an absolute disaster having like $500,000 worth of Wagyu and you're not having a driver for the insurance. I was like, you guys oh, got to tell me we can't just buy it in there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was kind of the, uh, they were an interesting <laughs> customer. Let's just say, let's just say that. But, um, yeah, yeah Wagyu, uh, that's when I Googled it. I was like, wow, Wagyu is some expensive, uh, bro. Like I've um, seen some pieces of it. Cause like, so basically I guess from what I understand is that like, it's super marbled. So there's just a bunch of fat in it, but like it's done correctly, but I've seen certain Wagyu, bro. It's just like fat with a little bit of meat in it. Like, I don't know. Some of them don't even look like, like that good even. So yeah. I mean, kind of depends on your taste, but, uh, I, Shrimp's I, I definitely want to try it. So one thing I wanted to ask you, you said about the Twitter thing, like um, how are you going about like growing, you know, like your presence? They're like, you, what, you just start from zero, bro? Like, Dude, I should read off some of my tweets. I have no idea what I'm doing on Twitter. Did, did you, you just start from fresh? Like you just have zero followers? You just started? Like, I'll tell you exactly how many I have right now. I have 23 followers. Uh, these are... <laughs> These are my uh, couple tweets. I said, do double brokers work weekends or is it a nine to five job? Just curious. <laughs> I, I feel like LinkedIn is the pregame, <laughs> nine to five. And then Twitter is the nightclub after hours spot. Is um, that a separate tweet? Yeah, separate tweet. I said, being on Twitter for me or being on X is as confusing for me as when you ask a double broker about tracking. Like that that's my attempts at humor. It's kind of... Uh, I mean, like, not, it's not very it's okay, good. Bro. It's okay, I can't bro. post my LinkedIn content on on Twitter. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. Just so is Twitter different. like? I mean, I haven't used Twitter since probably like 2012, bro. Like, is it like still like pretty short form content? Like, yeah, it's it's like 50 percent memes too. It's like I mean, what's out here right now? There's yeah, some memes. Here's a picture of like a volcano. Wow. of a volcano yeah that's good bro i was watching a youtube documentary yesterday on uh like so i watched the movie like two days ago. i watch a lot of movies um but it was like about the metaverse and like but it was done like you know in the future like 20 years from now when it's actually like pretty decent and like it, you know it looks pretty cool but then it got me thinking so i watched the youtube documentary about the metaverse that we like currently have and um, you got me thinking about like there's a one section of it you can go into like a comedy club, and uh, the guys sitting there, everybody's just trying to tell jokes, you know, and they all just kind of reminded me of your jokes. Like it's not bad, but it's like it's just kind of one of those, you know. And it's just all kids. Like he was saying, it's all like ten year old kids on, in the metaverse. So yeah, well, that's the cool but, thing about social media. Everyone has their little little niche, you know. I mean, some people post memes, some people post short for short form quotes. Others content is longer. That's why I tell people if you're like building a brand or you know yeah, just do what you want to do. Yeah, yeah like, you know, don't I mean, you follow don't have... other people for sure. Like, like just do what you want to do, post what you want to post. I mean, I'm lucky enough to, to work in a company where like nobody's breathing on me, nobody's like monitoring my LinkedIn and say, Hey, you can't say this, you can't say that. Um, but I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are in that position. So I mean it's kind of tough to to be authentic when you're kind of censored in a way from from where you work so and i never told you this and i'll leave the company company out out i won't say the company but i got a message um i don't know a week or so ago and i've gotten this message before so one of the top five big brokerages that you see on on linkedin 
apparently they i thought this was hilarious but they apparently use my profile and one or two of my other friends as an example in like 10 of their branches of how to like you know what to post on linkedin i was wow. like i didn't think some of these companies had like training on linkedin and what what not to post <laughs> I, I think that they saw some of my other posts they might have not maybe they changed that slideshow recently i don't know after but uh, what you've done since that point <laughs> they're like hey this guy's the best you should use this recipe and then you're like talking shit about the company like hey yeah, don't i don't really do talk that. i don't really talk you know i don't really talk badly about any companies i mean it is you know but i mean i i do post you know i mean i would say like talking bad about a company i've come to realize isn't like you know there's people within that company that deserve to get called out there's situations that deserve to get called out but I mean, you can't ever take the stance of like, this company sucks, like, you know, because there's always going to be good people in that company. Well, that's what that's what some people don't understand about TQL, for example. Like, they don't just become a billion dollar company overnight. And they yeah, honestly, from an employee's perspective, they have some of the highest glass door ratings out there of like people actually like really like working for TQL. I mean, no, I and, yeah, day. I have a lot of good, good friends that work for TQL. Like I, I get a lot of slack but when you get that big, you know, I mean, you have a hard time, you know, controlling individual. Yeah, I mean, we touched people. on a topic before, man. It's like you can't always, you know, it's, it's impossible to be able to regulate like that many people. Like there's always going to be things that fall through. There's always going to be some like guy, like, like I had a situation where I had to fire somebody and, you know, I was the manager in office. I had to finally make my first fire. And my oh, boss, like, yeah, good. that was like a crazy situation, bro. Like I hired the person, like it was like a friend of mine. And then like, I don't know, some time went by and things weren't working out. And it was like, my boss told me like, Hey, you have to like, let that person go. I was like, damn, bro. Like I didn't think about like that day coming, you know, like it was, it was never in my mind. But uh, when the day finally came, I was like, okay, like, should I let them do like a two weeks notice, you know, like a normal thing? Like, and my boss was like, I'd rather just pay them and get them out of the office because they're using bad. our... Yeah, no, no, it wasn't that bad. Like the, the, the person was cool. It wasn't that like the, the person would have, like, I know that person, they would never do anything crazy. But my boss's stance was like, let's just pay them like the two weeks that they would have been here for a notice and let them go now because they're on our MC number and you never know what somebody's going to do being emotional. And so like, I mean, you can see in some brokers, maybe a guy gets a two weeks notice and then he just goes to make problems. I and mean, I can see that happening. Like, yeah. No, I mean, in sales, if you put in a two week notice, like it's, it's they're, gonna, they're mostly just going to tell you to like, leave i mean i've worked yeah, in, you know, <laughs> leave to 10 days, years there's right. no really such thing as a as a two-week notice in in sales for majority of companies i'm sure there's some exceptions in sales but it's it's different um that's kind of one thing i really haven't talked about but you know coming into the recruiting side you know like 2020 when rates were through the roof you know everyone was hiring operations people apparently um, but right now in this market everyone's hiring sales um, that's kind of been fun for me because obviously coming from being a freight broker and in the sales, like yeah, it's cool that you're like recruiting the job that you actually did. So like you kind yeah, of it's, a, like uh, how many times you had a recruiter or like an HR person that doesn't even know what you're supposed to be getting hired to do, like, you know? Yeah, no, it's a it's it's very helpful, and especially I mean I know I mean I did my own operations. I was a cradle to grave, but 
you know, I, I can't say that, you know, my network has a ton of operations people. Can or you I explain have- to me cradle to grave very quickly? I think I understand it, but I, I like, I just want to make sure I understand it. Yes. So cradle to grave is I was getting the customers. Yeah. Like it's your was, Yes. Then I was pricing the loads that was building the loads in the TMS, finding the carriers, going through any issues that might happen. And and speaking of this, I wanted to talk, actually make a post. I'm sorry, guys, I'm going off on a lot of rants, but like, I feel like having a cradle to grave rep for a lot of smaller carriers in terms of approving detention, approving accessorials, like not getting called at 3 a.m. Like I'm never going to call a carrier at 3 a.m. I'm asleep. It's my load. I have no after hours operations team it's going to wake you up at 3 a.m so when drivers used to say oh i don't know if i want to give you the driver's number i'm like trust me i'm asleep at 3 a.m now if you call me there's an issue you know i'll I'll pick up and solve it but um and i got woken up i had some reefer shipments and when you deliver to costco and other big retailers a lot of those appointments early in the morning i got woken up how does that work in the sense of like I mean, you can't obviously work 24 hours a day. Like, do you guys like have an after hours person to do that stuff? No, I mean, cradle to grave. No, you are your own. But, like you are like, it's like the same as if you're like, um, I guess like an agent, like it's all you from start to finish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's no, now some agent programs have like, I, I recruit for an agent program that has uh, after hours yeah. uh, for the agents offshore and they have track and trace, but for the majority of, which is really cool. Another reason I really yeah. like this agent company, but most of the time cradle to grave, um, you know, that's not, you know, not the case. Like I think you made the point. Maybe it was you, maybe, I don't know who said it to me. It was you on LinkedIn. I think you made a post where you said that cradle to grave is like, probably the best like situation for a carrier because like you said like every like, you know where that load is for the most part i'm only dealing like you know everything about it it's not like some guy i've talked to who's talking to the actual owner of the load across the room asking him the weight of the load like you know mostly everything about yeah. it and I, I think i've been a little more open-minded to that lately because that's what i used to think and that's true in that regard but there are some advantages like i don't have time to you know like if you're a carrier sales rep you might have time to find a particular carrier, hundred loads that works in their network. There's a cradle to grave rep. You know, I don't really, my time is in like That's seven different you. places, you know, yeah. like, but as far as getting something approved, yeah. Some carrier calls me for detention. I just send a new rate con. I don't have to talk to the carrier sales manager that then has to talk to the sales rep that then has to say the customer. And that's why I think all sales reps should have experience of booking trucks in my personal experience, or it helps because if you're a sales rep, you might think, oh, this carrier sales guy says this carrier wants detention, but I don't want to lose $150 profit on my load. They, they don't, they've never been woken up in the middle of the night. They've never dealt with a carrier who's been stuck at a shipper. All they do is the the sales side. So I think it does, you know, and I understand it's not feasible at every company, but I, I think it really does help. Uh, sales reps having experience on the on the operations. Um, I just got asked. I knew I would get asked this question, Matt. May I ask what made you leave brokering? Um, so there's some legal reasons. I can't really dive into this, um, but I'll, I'll say it just it wasn't a wasn't a wasn't a choice. But I can't really you know, go. I mean, I guess the- with the piggybacking off my comment from today, will we ever see an episode of Real Freight Talk with Matt Doll about Matt Doll? Like, will we get that one day? Like, 
And maybe, uh, maybe one day, maybe one day, but I, I got it. I'll, I'll just say this. I got an important date, um, you know, circled on my calendar, August 1st, uh, 2025. Um, and we'll, 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 we'll see what happens. Um, I, I will say though, I'm enjoying the recruiting aspect just because, you know, I'm learning more about the industry and how other companies do it. You know, when you work for one company, you're kind of in a bubble, but I talk to, you know, brokerages every day. So seeing their models, what works, um, you know, one thing I've noticed the split model, cause I used to think there'd be a lot of friction, but the split model seems to work better when you pay your people well. So the carrier sales what's are getting, paid. what's the split model? Or you- That's split model is having sales and then carrier sales on one side. So I'm noticing that like when companies say there's no friction and it goes well between the two departments, they're paying their carrier sales well. So um, from what I understood, like I worked in a company where like I was around some brokers. And um, so that's like you have one department that attains a customer and then they just send that load info to a team that sells it to a carrier. Yeah, that's like split model. That's split model. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I've been around only that model of brokerage. <laughs> like the only brokers I know work like that. So I probably would have been terrible, honestly, on a on a flip model because you know I was just kind of all over the place, you know, a million different things going on between my email, talking to carriers, you know, if I was posting a load or talking on my cell phone, walking around, like to have to and I had customers that were just disorganized a lot of times. I couldn't imagine a carrier sales would have absolutely despised me. Um, I was on a split model, so it may have been a blessing with the customers I got. I mean, and, I don't know. Um, I've, I shadowed a, a carrier sales like rep, I guess, on like the selling to the carrier team part of it. And uh, there's been some funny moments so I'm standing behind him. And he just, the phone doesn't, first of all, the phone doesn't stop ringing in this market for him. And he just answers the phone and says, pick up delivery. Wait, no, bye. Pick up delivery. It's just he literally, I kid you not, for like five solid minutes, just said the exact same five things on the phone nonstop until somebody took it for the price. Like, so I feel like that's kind of a little bit more boring than, than the, the doing everything part of it. Oh, doing everything is definitely exciting. I mean, the only thing is it's, it's harder to sell once you get up to a certain point because you're so heavily involved in the operations. So like from a scaling perspective, you know, I definitely see why the split model is around. It's hard to scale a brokerage, um, you know, and then I became more open-minded to that. Um, I, I don't think I'd have as much fun if I were to start, have started. Um, but some people, you know, they prefer the operations more. Some prefer the sales. I mean, I think there's advantages to, you know, to, to both both models. So would but, John, like for example, John would be cradle to grave in a sense, right? Like he Yeah, John would be John would hundred percent be uh be cradle to the grave. Yeah, see at least I'm learning I've been learning some stuff today, man. I've been talking to some people. Bro, I've been no, like ever since that whole drayage thing happened where we just asked them and like we learned stuff. I was like I've just been asking random people in logistics random questions. I've been on like a kick to learn random stuff lately. You know, the funny thing is with John, though, when he was at his brokerage before LDI, his first brokerage, he was supposed to have the split model and he would want to overrule it all the time and just do his own operations. <laughs> oh, so he was like hired to do split, but he was like, no, no, no. 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 Yeah. <laughs> ah, that's good. That's good. I mean, I don't know, man. I'm interested on the broker side. Like, um, a lot of people, I get like a bad rap just because, I mean, like I had just told you earlier, in, like in this this like session, like a lot of my customers won't let me discuss our business, you know, like for whatever reason that is. 
And so I get like a horrible rap for only discussing bad things. But I've been shouting out some random brokers, man. I found some some carry reps. I gave them a shout out. I have, you know, I've been trying my best to to post the positive interactions that I've been having rather than the negative ones, because the negative ones are just getting repetitive. Like it's just the same problem every time. Like the the trailer is not where it's supposed to be. The pickup number doesn't work. The weight's wrong. Like it's just at a certain point. Like how many times can you really talk about the same like four things that go wrong on a load? You know. Yeah. I mean, I understand it too. Like, I mean, I would never share, you know, my customers when I was a broker or my customers in, you know, recruiting, you know, I, I wouldn't put their, it's a confidentiality thing, you know, and also yeah. I don't want, I don't want other recruiters going after my customers. I don't yeah. want other brokers going after my customers. So I understand why they wouldn't necessarily want you talking. I mean, the way I see it is when I have business with people, recurring business, I always ask them like, Hey, do you mind if I talk about some of this stuff? And sometimes they'll say, like, we, we don't care what you say about the lanes or this. Uh, you know, it's always a different answer. Um, in my opinion, I could see as a broker to not discuss your customers because then the 8,000 brokers are just going to try to steal it from you. Yeah. But, John um, doesn't care. And there's some people who don't care. They'll, <laughs> they'll, put, it out, they'll put it out there. But that never was I my mean, that's, that's my attitude, too. Like, if you have a good enough relationship with somebody, you shouldn't be, like, worried about that. Like, if you trust that. I, I get the, the free world's competitive. I get it's not advantageous to talk about certain things. But, um, you know, I've been told a couple times, like, hey, can you post something on LinkedIn for me? Can you give us a shout out about this? And, you know, if they do good business with me, I have no issues with that. You know, because if, if I can help somebody that's helping me, I'm always going to be, be around for that. You know? No, there's a there's a company, you know, I think you're right. I mean, showcasing some positivity. There's a company I, I don't recruit for them. Um, but they have, you know, 700 employees. Um, you know, I, I'm friends with some corporate recruiters who recruit for W-2s. They don't, um, you know, they're not agency recruiters. W-2 stuff. I think in Canada, we call it something different. That's like subcontractor. Well, no, W-2 is if you're an actual employee, like you have health insurance, oh, benefit, salary, uh, you know, so like. What's the contractor thing? Is that 1099 for you guys? Yeah, so I'm like, I'm a 1099, 1099 oh. recruiter, but there's some recruiters that work directly. Like, you know, TQL has their own, a lot of their own recruiters, you know, JB Hunt, like in-house recruiters. So they. So for Americans, you guys call an in-house recruiter a W-2 employee. Yeah, most of the time, an in-house you know recruiter is a is a W two W two employee. But yeah, I, I, I'm friends with some of them. There's some really good companies out there, and it's you know not surprising they don't need my help because if you're a company that you know there's some really solid. Don't tell you it's all short, bro. Everybody needs your help. <laughs> well, yeah, of course, I'd love to help everyone, especially the good companies. I mean, I've been lucky to find some great companies so far to help recruit for. Um, but I also understand, you know, why some really good companies keep their recruiting in-house because, you know, it's if you have a good culture, good pay, good benefits, you know, people like working there, um, you know, it's easier, easier to recruit for. Um, well, I mean, yeah, bro, come on. <laughs> like, yeah, there's, some, there's, like... there's some company out there and like I've heard from a couple different reps now and recruiters. It's a pretty large company and they pay 2% commission, have some the strictest non-competes out there. Like some of these companies, it's, it's rough out there. Um, you know, and I, I feel for some employees out there right now. Um, it's rough. Dude, I don't know. I find the whole non-compete solicit thing like so interesting because like just on principle, it sounds ridiculous. Like on, on just like the principle of it, like John has made like 20 posts, like 
hey, if you sign this piece of paper, you can't even be a janitor at a trucking company. That's how strict they are. And I mean, I'm blessed enough to come from like a manual labor background and I've just never been around that stuff. Like if I don't want to work somewhere, I just quit and I move to the next company. It's just like a new concept to me to even hear about this stuff. Like, I had never heard about it until I got in logistics too. I think it's a yeah. logistics, logistics concept. I got another quick Matt, since I'm the only one interacting right now. <laughs> you came a broker today, the issues going on. What would you do to build a pathway to success? What would you do different? Okay. So I would start with prospecting. So I think one of the biggest mistakes a lot of people make is they bite off more than they can chew. Um, Like, for example, I would pick a commodity and a method of transportation, flatbed, reefer, van, find something, learn about it and prospect that area. And then you'll have a core group of maybe 100 prospects, 150 Go and go after them, you know, follow up regularly, look for information about their company, tie pain points. Um, And it it takes persistence. Um, And I think a lot of people give up too easily. Um, I share this on LinkedIn all the time, but my two best accounts that were uh, both between 20 and 30K in profit a month, both of those accounts, you know, were not very profitable. One was actually, I think, around negative for a month or two, you know, and there was some people, some friends who were like, you should give up on these accounts they are cheap. Um, but you have to prove yourself, you know, no one's going to give you the good freight, um, you know, or you got to be able to prove what you're charging. Um, and you know, I, I think I kind of persevered and got lucky you know, with a couple companies. Um, but yeah, I, I'm kind of rambling, but you know, I would just find a certain industry, learn about it and you know, go after it. I, mean, I wouldn't really say rambling in the sense, like, there's so many people that just wouldn't like give out that kind of advice. And it's like, it seems kind of rudimentary, but that's like the, the principle Like you don't pay somebody for the three minutes it took to fix your toilet. You pay them for the 15 years it took to learn how to fix it in three minutes. And I mean, I think a lot of tips that people get off LinkedIn from, from, you know, experienced people, I mean, it sounds pretty elementary, but I mean, until you've kind of done it, you wouldn't really know where to start. And I think a lot of people in like modern society find issues with where to start and they get so kind of overthink where to start doing something that they just don't do it at all, you know? So I think simplicity is like one of the, one of the best parts. I mean, I always joke, my second best customer came when I didn't even know what a flatbed was. I was still in, in training, you know, <laughs> I made you a call. A flatbed was? Oh, come on, yeah, no, I didn't. At that point, I didn't. It was like one of the first sales calls I made. Yeah. And, you know, it took a month to get in. Um, then another couple months for it to be good. Um, this was a customer I actually visited too. Um, super cool guy. I ended up going to a different, uh, different company. Um, but yeah, I, I really believe that, you know, especially if you're going after enterprise shippers, billion dollar companies, Oh, it's a little bit different, but for the mom and pops, you know, 50 to 500 million, you know, a lot of these decision makers aren't necessarily worried how long you've been in the industry, you know, what kind of tech you have, you know, all this other stuff. They're just, you know, want to see that you can move their freight, communicate well, own problems, um, you know, and that you know a little bit about their company, you know, um, you're not just saying, Hey, I can save you 
you know, three hundred dollars on every load. I can in the world. Like you need to transfer all of it over to my TMS. Like, you know, that there's some of these pitches there they hear the same day. So just by being a little bit different, I, I think you can I mean what's your like number one approach? Like you've done your research, you found who you want to talk to, you know everything about the company. Like like if I was like, okay, like bro, sell me quick. Like let's just say I move cement on flatbeds. That's all I do, bro. I just move cement on flatbeds. And I move uh, well, like first, five thousand a year. I wouldn't be contacting you in that uh, that situation, but I'll I'll give you an example. So, like, right, what about seafood then? Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a food example in general. So, I ship Kirkland product into Costco, right? All right, so sell me, sell me. I would go on the Costco wholesale site, right, and figure out who manufactures a certain Costco product. Um, you know, then I would go on this company's website and I would put something in the title about Costco in the email. You know put in a certain problem that I you know, might be aware of with Costco um, you know, or certain lanes or something else from their website you know, and tie a problem and show that I know something about their business and put it into an email. Now, a lot of times I had more information than that because I was friends with a lot of cold storages. So they would say, hey, XYZ Seafood Company is shipping out of here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, you know, they're going to XYZ places. They're carrier B keeps falling off on this shipment, you should call them, you know? And that's why being friends with, you know, cold storages and warehouse people can be very beneficial for getting so information. Those guys like tipped you off. <laughs> what? They like tipped you off to like, Oh like, yeah. But I mean, it didn't happen overnight. And they, them, oh, yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. They tipped me off on who to call, but they didn't, they did that because, you know, I communicated with yeah, them. They, you know, they, they know called me. Yeah, they like you know, you, yeah. I, I treated them like they were a, a customer of mine. So um, they, they they helped me out. And you know, Bro, I always think about how much like backroom stuff happens in logistics, like those deals, handshake deals. In for like, like it's like insider trading at a certain point. Yeah, but it's not it's not like anything unethical. I mean, they no, I didn't no, pay them any, didn't pay them any money yeah. or anything like no, that no, i'm not i'm not talking about the ethical part of it it's all ethical for the most part i just it makes you think like because there's always that famous like uh sentence quote in freight that it's always in the back of my mind they always say the best loads are never on the load boards like the best freight never hits a load board and like you always have to think about that like where's the best loads coming from who's getting them how are they getting them and like it's just always in the back of my mind, you know. Like the best freight will never be on DAT. Like the a lot of freight just nobody sees it. It's already contracted. It's gonna be forever contracted with the same carriers, and it's just wild to think like how much is out there. How are certain carriers operating? You know, in this market, they're they're staying above crazy rate per miles, and it's just interesting, interesting industry, man. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think it was kind of funny before we did the show, guys. Alex is like. Are you sure? What are we going to talk about? You know, we're going to have to fill up this amount of time. I think it's gone pretty, uh, pretty smooth. We've talked for, I just looked up at the clock. It's like, wow, we've already talked for 50 minutes and we didn't really miss it. I mean, it's like, if you like this industry, if you like this job, I think it, like, that's one thing, you know, all, uh, we, we had a bunch of birthday parties. I used to work in a really big company with like a bunch of, bunch of dispatchers. And, um, you know, we always went out to, to lunches and birthdays and dinners and people would bring their like wife or husband with them and all the spouses are sitting at the table have no idea what's going on like every conversation is about a load for a rate or a detention 
And I feel like if you're really passionate about this industry, like if you find somebody that's in, in this industry, you'll always like find something to talk about. I mean, it's, it's funny you mentioned, you know, with the girlfriends and I, I don't think I've told you this story and it, my ex-girlfriend was mad at me for about three weeks. So my sister and her boyfriend were in town. I'd never met my sister's boyfriend, right? Never, never met him. You never and met your sister's boyfriend. Yeah, because my sister lives in Omaha, so she was, oh, okay. and so she was coming to town with this with this guy, and my girlfriend was coming over for dinner, and I told this customer who's last minute like, hey, as I was used to dealing Friday nights late in the night, can we please try to get everything situated because this is going on, and we've been working together for a while, and you know, of course, you know, at the dinner table, I'm getting blown up from the CEO of this four hundred million dollar company, not my guy, so I. I have to answer and deal with it. And, you know, I had to rebook a truck. It was a hour ordeal. And my girlfriend doesn't understand the industry. She was livid at me for two weeks. She's like, you knew about this dinner. How can you, yeah. how could you have, uh, done ah, well, this? What, do you, what do you mean? How like logistics is it? That's the, the, the beauty and the pain of it. Like at, at the drop of a hat, seven days a week, something can go wrong and you have to fix it. I mean, it's, yeah, it's not like you plan that. You aren't like, hey, I hope this carrier breaks down, falls off my load. I can't wait to, to ditch my dinner and deal with this. Like, um, well, it's it's interesting how some companies operate too. Like, I never thought you know a CEO or what a four hundred million dollar company you would be calling my you know, calling my cell phone because a lot of companies with the logistics manager, um, someone in procurement, purchasing. Um, yeah, but it's interesting. Some companies like CEOs, depending on how important the shipment is, are very involved, you know, even if it's nine o'clock at night. Yeah, I mean, it's something I try to explain to my girlfriend as well. And even just like I've been like chilling with my grandma on like a Saturday or something, having a lunch. And like, you know, when the phone rings, if you're in, in a certain position, if you're doing a certain level of work, um, I mean, you're just kind of that's just it's an unwritten rule, man. That's your responsibility. It's your truck or it's your load. And um, I mean, that's like a lot of people that I started in this industry with uh, maybe haven't kind of excelled this far. They didn't do their research at home and they don't want to answer their phone on a Saturday. They want to leave it. That's the weekend cruise job, you know. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being in logistics and not wanting all of that responsibility and not wanting to, to deal with all of that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah. no, I not. think it's kind of hard to be at a certain level in this industry without kind of making those sacrifices and answering those phone calls. And I always say my famous thing is like five minutes on a Saturday can save you five hours on a Monday. You know, I like that I, saying. But I think if you don't like that, I mean, you don't have to. That's why I never pitch the hustle and grind. You have to do yeah, this. That, that's how, right. I, that's how right. I built it. But like, for example, I recruit for this company. It's a great company, great culture, great benefits. They don't believe in non-competes. They they told me when we did our assessment, you know, they believe that their guys should be in the office nine to five. And he doesn't want to see his guys there at five ten. He But the reason is he hired after hours team. He invested in technology. You know, and there's yeah. people that, you know, want their families, kids, you know, they don't want to work after five and it's a split model. They do their sales. They leave at five o'clock. And you know, there's I think it's just about finding you know what role company you want to work, depending on, you know, how many hours you want to work, what type of mentality. So I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. 
you know? There's nothing, yeah. Like, you can't preach. Like, I don't like those people. Like, you got to take a cold bath. You got to work 85 hours a day, and there's no sleeping. And if you sleep more than one and a half hours, you're wasting your life. And I mean, that's not true either. Everybody needs the rest. And if your company takes care of you right, and they kind of put the right things in place where you're kind of... Like, I can't tell you how many times I worked in bigger companies where I would have an issue after hours and I would talk to my driver because I have a relationship with them. And then I, I got on my phone and I would text, you know, the guys that are sitting in the office on the weekend or after hours. Like, hey, can you guys do this? And they can. And it's nice. Like, it's nice, bro. Like, it's really nice to have support from your companies and the right teams in place to, to not feel like you have to do something, you know? No, I'm hundred uh, percent with you. I mean, support is uh, support is big. I guess we should ask. Does anyone else have any other questions for Alex or I before we kind of wrap this up? This is kind yeah. of an impromptu show. We're going to be back to our regular guest show on uh, on Wednesday um, next week, but we just kind of wanted to do this for fun today. So. Yeah, I was going to tie it into the working after hours. Like I'm finished work. It's the end of a hard week. Like I'm so ready to, to go lay down and watch a movie, bro. Like, that's, that's all that's on my list the rest of the day. My reefer's picked up. Everybody's loaded. It's a, a good end of the day. Yeah, no, I'm going to, I'm probably going to get on the couch and I like a uh, shout out to these guys. Cause I, I, I like sometimes, you know, late at night, you know, listening to a podcast, I'm probably going to check out the logistics lounge. Uh, probably later tonight after, you know, after um, I get something to eat and relax a little bit. Um, but I think yeah, it's well, shout out to this one, man. Like this guy's, he's been here the whole, yeah, this guy's like been here since minute one. Like. Yeah. He's not the only one. I mean, I think we have like 10 people in uh 10 people in LinkedIn live, but yeah, I mean, it's not like, you know, we're doing it a little later today. So it's not like we normally, I think we last week had what 2025. So kind of annoying because I'm the one that's like kind of hosting this and I can't for some reason see ever our live viewers. Like it's frozen on like I I can never see the viewer count ever. So I just kind of trust you to say you can't see it on on here. You can see it on here. I know I look on my LinkedIn, like on my second monitor, and it's just it just shows like live and nothing next to it. So I'm just happy we've never had like one or two people in here like doing the podcast. i think the, the this is the least we've had and we have like i mean six to eight people i so, feel like I mean, it's kind of discouraging you know like we got lucky enough to, to get on here and have support for a minute one i mean we yeah. like you know it's been it's been fun man i look forward to, to doing many more episodes it's always interesting like you said today i was like skeptical to even get on with you because you know i didn't know what we were going to talk about but anyways i think that's it man i think we're going to call it a yeah. night I guess what are we gonna do? Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Or, I think Wednesday's uh, Wednesday's the the plan. Wednesday's we got our a, day. I like Wednesday. Yeah, we're we got a couple different guests um, in the works. We had we were gonna do a show today, but with the holidays and people getting off and kids, we had a guest. You know, guest or two wanted to do later, maybe next week or after the holidays. So we were just not gonna do a show, but we were like, ah, oh, let's just have fun and uh, you know do it. But yeah, to answer Juan's question, we generally do one show on Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon, and then we at like two o'clock, two, three, four o'clock, whenever our guest wants. Then we sometimes yeah. do a second show on Thursday or Friday. I'm Friday. a fan of Wednesdays because Mondays are typically hard, Fridays are typically hard. Like, you know, there's no way I can get off in, in the middle of a day on a Friday unless, you know, trucks are covered. 
which is rare. Um, I mean, Tuesday, Wednesdays, like Thursdays, historically the worst trade day of the week. So that kind of leaves Tuesday, Wednesday, and I like Wednesdays. Yeah, Wednesday will be a fun day next week because Wednesday is like the Friday for everybody. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Even one of my drivers, they asked him, "Do you want to deliver the load Wednesday or Friday?" Because I want to deliver it Friday. Nice. <laughs> But anyways, man, have a good night. Have a good weekend. And uh, we'll be right back at it next week. Sounds good. Have a good weekend. You too, bro. Bye.